0: Welcome back for another issue of Imagine. If we have started a brand new year, it's 2021 and we are three days away from the premiere of WandaVision on Disney Plus. Chris, are you looking forward to it?
1: Yeah, actually, I am. I don't I don't really make too much time for television. Um, I heard about the phenomenal success of The Mandalorian and I'm still two episodes away from finishing season one. Uh, even though it's the future, I still like to live in the past. I like to. Uh, <laughs> I'm like Rip Hunter, and you could be Booster Gold, and that's how we. Uh, that's how we do this. <laughs> Look, you and your future shows. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's not it's not a bad thing because because is though even though we're we're geeks and we love comic books, not all geeks love all geek things. We don't we don't have to love Star sure. Wars. Like it's not it's not our bag. It's not our thing. We we like comic books, so. I am here for all the uh stuff that's going to be on Disney Plus that has to do with the MCU and I don't need to be there for all the Star Wars things. Now, I will be there for all the Star Wars things because I I host another podcast where we talk about all that stuff. But if I wasn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, I probably wouldn't be there uh to watch it. So, I understand, Chris. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no, and, and you know, it's funny because it's like, and I don't know what happened. I kind of, this is weird, but I kind of took a dip away from comics even. Like, I don't know, I guess just because of, of work, I found myself behind a screen a lot. And so like as, as as an educator so then like during the break we have our time our you know we got our three-week break dude i unplugged
0: good good
1: <laughs> and it felt good but like i even unplugged from comics for a little bit there so it's it's something else so i'm trying to get back into the the full swing of things uh like it's funny like talking like let's let's just hop over to dc real quick it's like you got death metal ended future State started all in the same day by the way and then they even have this generations um, storyline going on and it's like so you got three massive things happening at DC all at once and I'm like I'm still at the preview stage <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you know what that's it and I think that's fine we we got this we, <laughs> we, we'll talk about comic books we'll talk about WandaVision that's right this this episode we are going to give you a rundown on the Scarlet Witch and Vision that you might not know from just the MCU movies, because in all honesty, they don't really give us a lot with those characters. Like they are a huge part of Endgame and yeah. Infinity War, but we don't really know a lot about. Like their whole relationship was just like time jumped when we got to Infinity War. So
1: maybe- yeah, that's that's so very true. There is a there is a rich history with those two characters and unfortunately the vast bulk of fans don't know it because like you said they just kind of the you know and they're fighting in civil war the next minute we see them they're living together and what what was it somewhere in Europe you know kind of kind of fighting crime together so yeah so we're going to try to do our best to help fill the gap and share all the wonderful stories that are out there with the Vision and Scarlet Witch because there is a rich history there and we don't want you to miss out.
0: Sounds sounds like a plan. So, we're going to start our Wanda Vision Scarlet Witch 101 right now after we get to the spinner rack. So, what is on the spinner rack?
1: All right, so you know the drill, fans. Every Tuesday you get your DC Comics fix, and then every Wednesday you get everybody else. So if you're going to your local comic shop, what's the good stuff? Well, here's what we think. So. Uh, this Tuesday, coming at you from DC Comics, uh, American Vampire 1976 is still out there. I know a lot of people really enjoy what Scott Snyder does, and artist Raphael Albuquerque is amazing as well. So you tear, you team those two up with this American Vampire concept, and you've got a great thing going. So uh, I've heard good stuff about that. It's not really my bag, but I would definitely say check it out if you're in the mood for uh, – Uh, Kind of an anti-hero, does his own thing, but is still a good guy at the end of the day. So definitely check that out. Uh, DC Comics itself will be jumping into... Future State. Now, the way I want to look at Future State, just because, and again, you're more than welcome to go to all the comic book websites and listen to all their behind-the-scenes drama and stuff like that. And I'm not going to lie. I get excited by that stuff, too. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter what was said behind the scenes. It's mattering what's published on the page. So Future State. How do I, as a DC comic book fan, look at Future State? It's simple. simple. Go back a couple, a couple of weeks ago to Christmas time. And I'm sure a lot of us were probably watching the saga of Scrooge, where he gets visited by the ghost of future, our ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. So, the way I like to look at future state is this is a possibility for what could happen in the DC universe. So, right now, when, well, whenever DC goes back to normal, which is probably looking like April. When DC kind of clears the air and is done with future stating death meddling and shattering its generations, these seeds will be planted. And if they are pursued, we will go towards the future state. So it's kind of like, yes, you want to make sure the good things happen, but you also want to avoid the bad things. All right, that was pretty long-winded. <laughs> but here we go. So, uh, future state dark detective number one will be out, and this is basically what happened to Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is dead superheroes are outlawed, and the magistrate has taken over the state. So Bruce Wayne has somehow survived, and now he's going to try to figure his way out to reclaiming hope for the citizens of Gotham. Uh, I got to read this one, and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, It had some fun stuff. And not only do we get a dark detective story, but we also get the grifters. So that's what's neat about some of these future state books is you also get a main story and then sometimes one or two side stories as well. Um, And if you are a Wonder Woman fan, uh, Dark Detective number one will have a C cover variant by Art Germ, and it is a beautiful looking Wonder Woman in her golden armor. So if you uh, want to go collect one of those, definitely see if you can get your hands on that. It's a very, very nice looking cover. Uh, future state green lantern at number one will be out uh, this is going to be interesting because what is happening to the lanterns um, it's funny because I, I same thing I got to read this one early they call it green lantern but in the three stories the green lanterns don't necessarily have their powers uh, the main story is John Stewart and the Green Lantern Corps, what's left of it, uh, basically fighting war on different planets. Uh, and so they're trying to help one planet from being overtaken by the evil red. Now I'm curious, will that red relate to rage and atrocities or will it be something else? Um, if you're a Gnort fan, this is definitely the issue for you. Gnort got some amazing moments and he's like, he's hella swole as the kids would say these days. Uh <laughs> Then the other parts, you get a Jessica Cruz story, and that one was fun. That one kind of felt like Aliens and Die Hard mixed together. So she has a great story. So if you're a Jessica fan, I recommend picking it up just for that alone. And then Guy Gardner, he gets his own story, and it's kind of comical. It's kind of whimsical. So basically he comes down to stop a civil war on a planet because they're fighting over the prophet – because something fell from space and it's supposed to be like, oh, this is the, the herald for our, our our god. It's coming. And then, of course, Greenland or Guy Gardner follows in right after it. So then they mistake him as another prophet. And he's like, literally, it's a piece of space junk. You people need to stop fighting. Um, so it's actually pretty funny. It's like a, a story that spans 50 years and, and we get to see Guy Gardner actually create world peace. I know, right? Sounds weird. <laughs> Uh, future state justice league will be out and this will be an interesting mix because it looks like we have Jonathan Kent as our Superman, uh, the new wonder woman. Oh gosh, her name is escaping me right now. I want to say Yana Yara floor. Um,
0: and she's from the, South, South America.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe she's like a Brazilian Amazon, something like that, like a, a sect of the Amazons went over to Brazil or something like that. So yeah, so she's, she's a, um, of, of a different background in that regard. And I'm curious to see what her relationship is with the Amazonians themselves. Hmm. Uh, Aquaman's daughter, the new green lantern. Oh gosh, what's her name? Um, the one that's in far sector, Mm. Joe. There we go, Joe. And then we have the new Batman. Uh, And this one's kind of interesting because he's got a little bit of a different costume. And then we also have a new speedster on the team as well. So if you want to see what the future generation of the Justice League will look like, definitely check it out. Plus, it comes with a backstory of Justice League Dark. So that'll be something there as well. Didn't they already Um,
0: reveal who
1: the new Batman was? Oh, yeah. They totally went out there and spilled the beans on that one. Um, It's one of... um, Oh my God! I always forget the guy's name, the character's name, and then I go to the actor Morgan Freeman. It's he Lucious played him Fox. in the bat, always. Lucius Fox. There we go. Why can I never? That's how powerful Morgan Freeman is. <laughs> <laughs> he is the multiverse. He just steps into movies. Um, but anyways, it's one of Lucius Fox's sons. So
0: it's not Luke.
1: Um, it's not Luke. No. Um, I want to say I think his name was Tim M Fox, but I don't think that's correct either. Um, but I I will tell you this, I think that book came out last week, future state, the next Batman, it was really good. And the reason why it was really good in my opinion, it was Batman back to basics. Like he's not sitting there, you know, Batman, because like, and I think we've talked about this in the past before, like we grew up reading Batman comics where like you would see Batman's costume be torn and like his skin was underneath, you know? Nowadays, you see Batman's costume get torn and you see like the Kevlar underneath and all that. It's like, well, how is he a ninja running around in like a 600 pound suit <laughs> with a 200 pound cape on him? You know, it's like in that case, just make him Iron Man, you know, and, and that's the tough call. So I really enjoyed um, reading the adventures of the new of the next Batman because it was it felt like it was going back to Batman year one, which was totally exciting for me as a fan. Uh, let's see. Moving along, we have Future State Kara Zor L Superwoman number one, and you were correct. I was, I was, um, I was totally off about this, but yeah. So we have uh, Superwoman. So this is going to be interesting because why the change in name? And also, it kind of seems like she's very loner. So is she separated from Kal El and the family, or whatever the case may be? So uh, that's going to be definitely kind of an interesting one to check out. Uh, future state robin eternal number one this is a great book all right this was a very fun one exciting um if you're a tim drake fan definitely check this one out and i'm very interested because when you look at it like on the initial cover you can't really tell which robin it is you know the body it kind of looks it it looks young enough that it could be damien but the color scheme screams Tim Drake. So it was very interesting. So I'm curious as to why they're going back to Tim Drake being Robin. So that's going to be very interesting to see in March and April in the bat books, what's going on with Damien.
0: Cause we're going to finally get to the Damien that, that starts all those fires in Batman six, six, six.
1: Basically like it very much looks like he, uh, is going back to his, uh, Oh gosh, what was it? The, uh, the 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 his his grandfather's ninja society, the League of you know, Assassins. It definitely feels. There yeah, you go, the League of Assassins. It definitely feels like he's going to be going that way. Uh, let's see. Then we also have Future State Superman, Wonder Woman, and this will be the adventures of Jonathan Kent and Yara Floor. So um, you know, will we see a Wonder Woman and a Superman kissed again, and then be told it didn't happen? I don't know. <laughs> Now,
0: Jonathan Kent's uh, um, suit. Jonathan Kent's suit. It reminds me a lot of uh, what Superman was that. Maybe the DC One Million Superman. Like, but instead of the the like those little ovals, it actually has the S. Like, it's the the shoulder pads that kind of go into the S. That it looks familiar.
1: No, I definitely I agree with you. Um, I, I get some Superman one million vibes there as well. Um, I I haven't had a chance to sit down and read the Superman family of books, but it does feel like because I know one of these books will have Black Adam one million. So the specific fact that they said one million tells me that this group of creators is like, hey, you know, there's there's definitely something there from the one million futures. So I almost feel like maybe Jonathan Kent. Are they gonna plant seeds that he might wind up becoming the what was it they called him Superman Secundus? So mm-hmm. the second Superman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it definitely screams because you're right it, it the shoulder the shoulder bleed, um, and just the look of him. You know, it's like if they just drew the three circles instead of the S, I would. You know, I'd say no. That's totally the one million Superman. So yeah, it's. I think there's. I think you're onto something with that. I think those books are definitely gonna uh, follow that path. So it'll be pretty wild to see what happens there. Um, oh, and, and just for those of you collecting variants uh, for the Future State Superman Wonder Woman book, there will be a C variant that is once again a Wonder Woman 1984 movie cover, and it's 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 uh, looks like this one's a. Probably a photo cover with Gal Gadot in the uh, golden armor of Wonder Woman. Uh, We also have Future State Teen Titans number one. So this one's going to be pretty exciting because if you were a fan of the cartoon show and you like the character Red X, I think this is going to be his first appearance in the DC Universe as well. And then once again, Future State Teen Titans number one will have a C cover uh, by by Del Otto, uh featuring Wonder Woman drawn in her nineteen eighty four style. Uh Sweet Tooth of the Return is back with issue three. And then we have some collected editions. So if you were a fan of I don't even think they called it Birds of Prey. I think they called it Harley Quinn So it's and it's, what were it was the
0: whole thing. It was Harley or no it was Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of one Harley Quinn or something like that. The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn.
1: Okay, there you go. So they should have, if they were smart, they should have just stuck with Birds of Prey because that is a cool team of heroes. Yes. Uh, Heroin, if you even want to go that far. Like, I just, I, Gail Simone came in and made a cool concept cool hero group like if you were watching avengers what was it was it endgame and when they kind of had that sneak peek of you know the the all-female avengers this is a book that you should definitely pick up because it's an amazing story uh, it's going to go back to the original birds of prey stories back in issues 96 to 1 through t- 103 um, and you're just going to get to see how these ladies just are awesome. So I definitely highly recommend this one. Uh, If you kind of were excited by that team, but you want to see them in their stronger, better lens than the movies, definitely (laughs) pick this one up. I definitely
0: feel feel like they are going to continue with the movie series, but it won't be focused on Harley Quinn. Like they're definitely going to want to include Harley Quinn because she's the biggest star out of all of it so far. But uh, yeah, I think that you'll see in a future Birds of Prey movie if they decide to do it, which I believe they did because I think it did well enough that they'll, they'll end up having um, more of just the Birds of Prey, which you spent a lot of time giving character to Renee Montoya, uh, Huntress, and Black Canary in that movie. So I, I wouldn't would- see why you wouldn't want to
1: yeah exactly they develop these ladies and it's like okay let's let's see something you know let's do that so yeah Um, yeah DC films I think they will if they're smart you know play it right but yeah yeah. we'll see uh, Harley Quinn and the fantastic trilogy (laughs) featuring people (laughs) not that creative yet (laughs) But yeah, so that's what we'll see there So that's what's coming from your uh, DC comic books side of things So if you come in on Wednesday uh, You'll be able to see Marvel and everybody else So let's kind of do a quick glimpse here Um, Dark Horse has their Stranger Things Science Camp number 4 So if you are definitely a fan of uh, Stranger Things Come check out the comic book side of stuff 47 Ronin will be collected In trade paperback Uh, So if you want to get a uh, Stan Saki uh, adventure uh, definitely pick this one up because you'll get the whole story in one book. Hmm. Let's see. Where else are we now? Uh, if we jump on over to dynamite entertainment, uh, green Hornet is back and it's not, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Brett Reed. <laughs> what's that? Brett Reed. No, I think it is Brett Reed. Uh, I was just going to go for a cheesy joke when, uh, What's his name played him in the movie?
0: Oh, it's not um, Seth Rogen?
1: Yeah, Seth Rogen. It's not Seth Rogen, it's better. <laughs> uh we actually have Scott Lobdell writing the book, uh so hopefully he'll inject it with a little bit more act and drama. That's the hope. Uh, Red sonia has got a couple of publications out this week as well. So if you're a fan of the uh, lovely battalion that she is, definitely check it out.
0: When do you think they're ever going to do that version of Green Hornet? Like one that's set in the future and some some guy decides to take on the mantle or some woman decides to take on the mantle of Green Hornet? Like after Britt Reid has been dead for a while?
1: so yeah kind of the when the kevin when kevin smith did that you know i i could almost see it happening just because i think they want to wash away any uh relationship to the previous film um i could you know if they were going to do it i'd have to say they got to do that within the next three years otherwise the character will be out of the conscious mind enough to not care and maybe comic book films might have just become too much to like where they're almost any other type of film. Um, so I, they, I, they'd have to do it within three years, but if it was really up to me, honestly, I say, go back and do a period piece, do a 1940s superhero film, you know, mm. like just go in there and do it, do it, do it to that way. Put him in that world, put him in that, the, that design and see what happens i think i think the green hornet is strong enough a character that people would want to read him in his eras adventures i think that could be fun
0: was there ever I i don't know if you know because i don't know if you actually read green hornet or or even lone ranger but is there ever a storyline where they had one of them go backwards in time or forward in time and and hang out with their ancestor descendant because it's supposed to be the lone ranger and the green hornet are related right
1: yeah, yeah, they're definitely they're related. I know they talked about that in this in the, the radio serials back in the day. But I don't think anybody's done that with comics yet just to say like, hey, you know, like, let's bring the Lone Ranger to the future. And, you know, at 1940s, New York style city, you see a man riding silver down the street, you know, uh, I don't think anybody's done that, which would be fantastic, because the comic could totally make it work. Um No, no, I don't think anybody's played with that. Like, I mean, we've seen the heroes team up with other folks, but we haven't seen them team up themselves. So there you go, Mitch. Hide that nugget. we got to write that one out and make it happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, let's see. We've got from Image Comics, uh, you've got Commanders in Crisis number four coming out. Uh, tons of variant covers to choose from crossover issue 2 is getting a second printing this is a huge one because a lot of people are speculating this is Donny Cates showing Marvel and DC that hey you dummies Let us team up your heroes so we can make some money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, do they have Uh, their own versions of certain heroes? Like, is there a Superman version in there or something? And that's what
1: I'm hearing. Like, it it sounds like because, like, if you kind of, I don't know how well you can see it here on this cover, you've got you know essentially a comic book that's burning with the kid reading it, and it's like, yeah, it just plays to a lot of the comic book tropes. Everything that's going on, Uh, even in this crossover itself, they're starting to bring the image heroes. You know, it's like. I don't know if Spawn's officially in it, but I know he's been on one of the covers. Um,
0: well, it's an image
1: book? So yeah, but... I think it's. I think it's just taking that idea of the the meta ness of comic books and like it doesn't matter who you are, or where you're from, because the crossover could happen when you want it.
0: I'll have to pick that up in trade.
1: Yeah, yeah. If it, 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 it's something that once I get caught up with my uh, destroying of Marvel and DC universes, <laughs> I'll try to see what happens here. <laughs> uh, the Department of Truth. This is definitely a book that kind of. I'm interested in just because of the wildness of it. So uh, Department of Truth issue one is getting a third printing. So something good must be happening. And Department of Truth numbers two and three will be getting second printings as well. So that's going to be something there. Um, There's a new book called Ha Ha, number one coming out. And this is going to be kind of interesting. I don't know what it's about. Um, It's kind of like... Uh, like I know they they made some news because they're gonna definitely do a political satire cover. Um, so basically, let's see here. Ice Cream Man writer Maxwell Prince brings his signature style of one shot storytelling to the world of clowns, and he's invited some of the comic industry's best artists to join him for a ride. So haha, as a genre jumping, throat lumping, look at the sad, scary, hilarious life of those who get paid to play the fool but these ain't your typical jokers. Hmm. So there you go. I guess it'll just be some, uh, you know, uh, tales from the clown car. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, great. We just, that's all we need is more joker in this world.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Kick ass versus hit girl. Uh, issue three will finally be out. So, uh, if you're wanting to see those two ladies square off and see what happens, definitely check that out. And I'm sure, uh, Mark Millar is just foaming at the mouth thinking of all the money he can make. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So over at Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man issue 57 coming out. Uh, this is going to be Nick Spencer's big moment. Will he add to the one more day, one more moment in time? Or will he just keep riding off of the idea of adding to the idea of one more moment in time, uh, one more day? So I, I've been following this book tangentially just because I would love some closure. Because I could have sworn somebody said that one more day and one moment in time would be a trilogy of a sort. And it's been what fifteen years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. wow. Oh, I am tired years. of waiting. I want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Quit pulling those strings. <laughs> uh, Captain America issue three hundred and fifty four will be getting a facsimile edition. So, if you want to get the jump on U.S. Agent for the upcoming Winter our Falcon and Winter Soldier show on Disney Plus, uh, definitely check this out because it'll be. I think, if I remember correctly, this is the first time he gets his costume. Because John Walker had been around before he became the U.S. agent, Uh, yeah. Meet the U.S. agent. So this is this is where it happens. So if you want to get a reprinting of his first appearance, definitely check that out.
0: So Uh, if you're a reprinting reprinting of the first appearance of John Walker or the first appearance of his U.S. agent,
1: of his U.S. agent, okay. Okay, yeah. and I tell you what, if you're a if you're a market person, which I, I wish I would use my powers for financial gain, sometimes definitely buy one of these and go get it cgc seed because a lot of people I've been noticing on on the secondary market, a lot of people are doing that, uh, selling these facsimile editions, and it's crazy. Like when Marvel was doing their True Believers, I think somebody managed to get the uh, the first appearance of Deadpool. The dollar one, get it CGC'd, and it's pulling like 150 bucks. Wow! So that's not bad. That's a pretty decent, uh, you know, return on your investment. But anyways, we'll uh, we'll start that Imagine if Financial Edition soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, Chris Claremont will be getting an anniversary special over from Marvel Comics. So if you want to get to see him dabble in all the wonderful worlds that he's helped grow, definitely check this one out. I think what he's hitting his 50th anniversary. With Marvel Comics? Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely something else there. Uh, I know we can see Hella on the cover, uh, the new mutants, and and a bunch of other characters there. Uh, Yeah, 50 years with Marvel Comics. So it's going to be some wild stuff. So Danny Moonstar is drafted for a mission across time and space for an incredible psychic showdown against the Shadow King. So definitely, if you are a Danny fan, pick this one up, and uh, it'll travel throughout the eras of Marvel to showcase all that wonderful art and all those beautiful characters that he's uh, touched and made grow in all his time. Immortal Hulk, issue 42, will be out. Um, we have King and Black. This is the big Marvel thing. So King and Black, Gwenham versus Carnage number one. So symbiotes from another multiverse will be squaring down. So will Null, the ultimate symbiote god, be able to control Gwenham, Or will Gwenum be key in destroying Carnage and making things better? That's- planet of the Symbiotes number one will be out as well. Uh, this will definitely feature more of Noel's conquest on planet earth as he, this guy has come down big time. Uh, <laughs> the Thunderbolts, that's how big this event is. The Thunderbolts have been resurrected. Uh, so Matthew Rosenberg is bringing together a ragtag team of heroes. So on this cover, it looks like we have Taskmaster, Batroc, The rhino, and I can't really make out these other two. So
0: I think the lady is Moonstone. Okay, and yeah, I have no idea who that guy is. Is that a gun in his hand?
1: It looks like it's yeah. It looks like a gun in his hand. Maybe it's coming out of his wrist. But let's see. Oh, Mr. Fear. Okay, that's an interesting fear gun yeah Mr fear that that's a dude that guy is a crazy villain uh he's the one who's basically responsible for uh, Matt Murdock's wife going a little bit crazy
0: so, oh and that's star um, that's that, not Moonstone uh, what's that sorry that's it the description said that that was the lady was star not Moonstone
1: yeah so star that's interesting because I know she was a big character and they were hyping up out of the uh uh miss Marvel books so that could be pretty wild to see
0: because she's the one that's a, a that's an infinity stone right
1: think so if I remember correctly I think you're right I think she's like a sentient infinity stone so yeah that's crazy prize they haven't just done that had a team book with those six on there
0: <laughs> <laughs> are there six sentient infinity stones out there
1: yeah, I think there's six. Well, there's six stones. Now, whether or not they've gained sentience, that's the big question. Oh, okay. If I had my way, I'd make there be nine stones. That way, those nine can go up against the nine lantern rings. <laughs> <laughs> Give wow. the fans what they want. <laughs> well, at least uh, one specific fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, marauders 17 is out so we are in a post x of swords world sword number two will be out as well coming from the uh the the fallout of those adventures spider-man number one and this is where i'm talking about that secondary market right so they made a facsimile edition of spider-man number one so midtown comics is selling a cgc graded copy of it 90 bucks yeah, you you buy a $3 reprint, get it CGC'd, you're at least doubling your money. That's crazy.
0: That's uh, that's Todd McFarlane's cover, right?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's his famous uh, Spider-Man squatting behind the spaghetti webbing, and they've done so many versions of that. Every time Spider-Man gets a new suit, I think by law they have to draw that cover again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like whenever Superman gets a new suit, he has to do the busting out of the chains.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, Let's see. The Union will be out. Uh, Supposedly, this is a tie into King and Black. But I'm actually hearing people are saying it references the uh, the previous... Uh, Marvel story and so I kind of find that funny that it's it seems more like it's tied in with Empire than it is King in Black uh, but this was definitely a book that kind of had some fallout because of the COVID stopping so did they just say heck with it push it out anyways or what
0: <laughs> now on that that B variant cover that looks like a, huh? an OMAC
1: it is definitely a crazy looking character I have no clue like I think they went with a brand new set of characters. Like, uh, if if we look at the main cover, I think the only person I recognize out there is just Union Jack. But the other four, yeah, it's it's going to be something else. So, so let me ask you this:
0: like, do you rem- you remember when we got Agent Zero for um?
1: Not, oh yeah, the uh, not X Force, uh, but uh, well, she was part of the, the initiative. There we go.
0: The initiative, yes, that's right, and that because that ended up being, no, that was, oh yeah, that was Agent Zero. So Agent Zero and also Agent X, Agent X, which was part of, uh, not Agent X. What was the name of the character in? Fuck, was it X Force? No, I don't think it was X Force. Anyways, it ended up being Maverick. It ended up being, not was it Maverick? Yeah, Maverick. Was the character that it ended up being? Oh, I don't remember that. But
1: I, I remember. I think it was. Wasn't it part of that like Weapon H or Weapon, something like that? Yeah, that that's book?
0: right. Weapon X. Um, that's what I was trying. To, I was like, "What the fuck was the name of that that program?" So yeah, Weapon X. Uh, was he was he was he Agent Zero or Agent X?
1: Agent X is. Well, I thought. Agent I X thought Zero was uh, Typhoid Mary.
0: Typhoid Mary. Yeah, you're right because she had to go to the Zero Room, right? Yeah. So what was he called? Anyways, oh gosh,
1: I forgot. what I, I'm trying to get at wasn't something I read.
0: <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is that do you like it better when they just introduce new characters, or do you like it when old characters that might might have been forgotten get new names and new pers- like not personas but like identities?
1: You know that's a that's a good question. It's a tough answer because <clears throat> like if you you know if you bring an old character back. Are they famous enough to warrant publication? And that's always a tough concept. But, of course, there are some fans out there. But then if you bring a new character in and you don't reveal who they are, some of us love that mystery. Because I do remember reading The Initiative, and that was part of the fun, was trying to figure out who is this character, who is Agent Zero. Um, If they had just introduced her as Typhon Mary, I don't think I would have been as excited. So... It's tough because I think I think it's a safe play too. Because like if we kinda go back to uh Brian Bendis's New Avengers when he introduced Ronin, it's like, oh yeah, this is who it is, but then in reality they could just still change it. So it feels like it's one of those things where it's like, hey, let's introduce a new character, have them play out, and then if it turns out good, we can say, Oh, it's a brand new character all on its own. And if it doesn't turn out good, then we'll be like, Oh yeah, it was it was Bucky, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> to that effect. So, I, you know, I, I guess for the most part, like I've been happy when they do that. Like Agent Zero was a good example. Winter Soldier was a good example. Um, but I, I, I can't say that the newer characters have really stuck around long enough to make me care about them. So I think I prefer when they take an old character and disguise them and bring them forward. Because... The sad truth of the matter is, and again, you know, representation is fantastic and you want as much as possible. But I'm starting to question when we have representation, does it matter what's being represented or does it matter that the creator is making a character that they hope will stick around? You know, because it's like if we look at some of the Superman, you have President Superman, you have Val Zod, where are they? You know, and everybody's clamoring. So it's a tough thing. So I think I definitely, yeah, I'd I'd have to say I like when they take an old character and they kind of put that mystery to them and then bring them back. And then it might help because maybe some of my back issues will be worth something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I looked it up. And after decimation during Initiative X or Initiative uh, Avengers Initiative, Typhoid Mary was mutant zero. And then David North, who originally was originally known as Maverick, when he became, when he was in the Weapon X program the second time around, he was known as Agent Zero. So there's their confusion. They were both zeros, just one was an agent, the other one was a mutant. <laughs> there you go.
1: Okay, that clears it up. Uh, I love string theory. <laughs> and then X, Agent X was. The, uh, let's see. We'll finish this up.
0: Yeah, Agent X was the go character ahead. in the Deadpool books. That's. I that just wanted to. Throw that out there. There we,
1: there we go. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Uh, going through this real quick. Uh, Black, que- blah, blah.
0: Yeah, Black real quick, Cat huh? will
1: be getting her third.
0: What's that? I said real quick, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It slipped on the first chance. All right. Black Cat Volume 3 trade paperback will be out featuring the new Jed McKay series. Uh, Eternals is coming. So. I don't know if I should recommend the comics or not. I don't even know if I want to recommend the movie or not. But if this is your thing and you think you might get into it, definitely check out The Eternals Dreaming Celestial Saga. Uh, That was definitely one of their adventures. But be ready because this is kind of the – this is kind of a – silver age book so it's going to be very lengthy to read like you're going to see a lot of words on panels so
0: i think that is going to be the hardest 101 that we're going to have to do after the movie comes out because we neither one of us really knows anything about the eternals
1: so i think we're just going to (laughs) do the black Knight. sick that day (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we better start reading now huh (laughs) yeah no kidding Uh, let's see if you want uh, to get a quick dose of captain marvel uh definitely check out the marvelverse graphic novel on her and this will feature some of the major stories in the life of carol danvers um Speaking of more Eternals, there's a crossover, Thor and the Eternals, Celestial Saga. So you'll probably want to get those two trade paperbacks together. And then what we're talking about today, Vision and the Scarlet Witch, the saga of Wanda and Vision. Uh, There's will be a hefty trade paperback that comes out. this would be my one-stop shop if I were to tell you to read something. Because this gives you Giant Size Avengers number four, which really kind of sparks uh, their relationship. And I think that's actually their wedding issue. Uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, their first miniseries, which was four issues long. And then Vision and Scarlet Witch, the 12-issue miniseries. And then a West Coast Avengers comic as well. So this is the one that will have all the formative stories that created the relationship as we know, between Wanda and Vision. That's on your spinner rack, so be prepared.
0: (laughs) Sounds great. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Wanda and Vision today. Uh, And from what we can tell, or at least from what I can tell from the trailers that we've been given about the show and uh, what we've been told about the show, I would say that this show definitely combines, at the very least, uh, Avengers Disassembled and House of M and um Tom King's Vision series, right?
1: Yeah, that's definitely that sounds like a good smattering of exactly what's going to be picked up on this.
0: Cuz what we see from the trailer is like obviously we're in some type of simulation world. Uh Vision is alive or at least his programming is there. Wanda is Using her powers, and they have two kids, which we know in the comic books ends up being Billy Kaplan and Tommy something, but I don't know what his last name is supposed to be. Um, In Disassembled, we see those two babies when Wanda's powers are going on the fritz, and if you remember from Disassembled, uh, it all comes about because... Was it Janet or was it Clint that said Yeah you remember that time when you had those two kids
1: Yeah Wanda Wanda or not Wanda the wasp (laughs)
0: Yeah so it was Janet (laughs) She says something to Wanda While they're poolside and That eventually just turns Into what and her She has a mental breakdown which then starts Causing all the different um, Avengers To either be Taking off the board or Killed so to speak.
1: Yeah, have the worst day in the Avengers history.
0: (laughs) I mean, in that day, you have Tony Stark, who was the Secretary of Defense at the time, appear drunk on camera in front of the world. You have Vision get torn in half by a crazed uh, She-Hulk. You have... uh, Was it Jack... Jack of Hearts explodes and kills Scott Lang. You have... Hawkeye, yeah, yeah. Hawkeye die in an air airplane crash in what was
1: it? not this f- way? Not this way.
0: <laughs> it was one more person.
1: Uh, she Hulk went mad and ripped the vision in half.
0: Yeah, I said that one. It was one more um, one more really big one that I can't get off the top of my head, off the off, off my tongue right now. But in, either way, a whole bunch of stuff happened and then eventually you figure out it was it was Wanda and then we go straight into House of M which is her creating a whole reality for uh the mutants to live in.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, that was just insane, you know, and when when those comics came out at the time, that was just a huge story and we were not ready to see you know earth's mightiest heroes get taken down that hard that quick (laughs) what was because yeah avengers disassembled is what four issues
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it it wasn't that many but a lot a lot happened in those four issues uh now i haven't read tom king's vision story what what happens in that i know that we get viz out of that or viv out of that sorry
1: Yeah, so I I I haven't read it myself, um, but from what I could gleam on that one was it's basically just the Vision wanting a family so bad because I know they did play up the big reunion where it was like oh yeah let's have Wanda and Vision get together and but then you know Vision just couldn't do it he was just like look I can't I can't be with you Uh, but he still missed that life so basically he takes himself you know to. Like he's trying to force himself to purge out his emotions, uh, but it doesn't work out. So then he decides, okay, well let's go the other way, and he wants to live the American dream. So then he, you know, sets up in suburbia, builds his wife. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if they created a name for her, but then he creates his twin children, Vin and Viv. And like you mentioned before, Viv was the one who actually stayed on to become a character and and do her own things. Uh, but yeah, it was just basically like him having a mental breakdown of his own while playing house, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, it eventually led to a point where it was like, if I remember correctly, I think his wife was so enthralled with keeping the fantasy together that she was, you know, committing vicious acts, um, and so when it was all said and done, basically Vision had to destroy this scenario. And luckily, Viv got an upgrade and became Viv 2.0, um, becoming her own entity instead of being part of this, you know, fantasy world that the vision had made. Right? Yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> so I imagine that they're going to do the whole suburbia. Um, you know things look happy on the outside but they're very dark and grim on the inside i think they'll be stealing that aspect uh to to put in the show from this tom king vision run
0: yeah so that i mean how do you feel about them essentially i mean obviously we're we're speculating because we haven't seen the show yet but how do you feel about them combining all three sto- stories to tell this one uh limited series
1: you know, it's interesting because at, at some points you hope certain things are strong enough that they would be their own entity, you know, like, because to me, um, I would have loved to see like, like Vision Quest, as they called it. So the dismantling and disassemblement of the vision, I would have loved to have seen that on its own. Um, Just because I do remember when the vision came back, he was very cold and unemotional. But he wasn't wrong in his actions because that's just what he was. He didn't have the personality. Um, so that would have been neat to see on its own. Could that be an episode or two? Probably, you know. So it maybe it is better framed in taking the element of suburbia from the Vision story and, and sticking that in, all the while trying to deal with Wanda, you know, having her own freak out via Avengers Disassembled. So... It's like, ideally, I think Avengers Disassembled could have been its own thing, but I think the characters are too young in the pop culture fandom for people to care about Avengers Disassembled. You know, like, if they made that movie, all of us comic book fans would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is where it's at. But the characters are still young enough that I don't think people would have cared. You know, like, when Jack of Hearts walks up and he's like, hi, and then kaboom, People would be like, "Well, why does that matter? Who's this guy? Right. You know, Tony Stark being drunk. I don't think the fans understand that because they didn't really play up Tony Stark's alcoholism. You know, as well as they as they could have, as they should have. Um, so I don't think fans would understand that moment. So you know, it's it's right now. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of like with the X Men movies, you know." Have we ever seen a good Phoenix saga? No, because they keep taking it and watering it down so they could make a movie. Uh, But the hope is that by maybe those bits and pieces being there, eventually they'll do a better version of it sometime down the road.
0: (laughs) Now, uh, the last time we saw Vision in the MCU was Infinity War. We saw um, him going up against Thanos and Thanos ripping the... Uh, what was it? The, the mindstone right? Was it the mindstone yeah, I think so. Sure. I think that's mind the one he stone. has. The mindstone out of his head and him going all gray and dying. Um now like I am assuming that all the stuff that Shiri was doing to him before that moment is what we're gonna see the like his programming in uh WandaVision. It could just be the sheer will of Wanda making him come back into existence in this simulation or whatever it is. So we're definitely going to have a lot to decipher when the show comes out. Um, Disney Plus has released, as of last week, their series called Legends, which is six to seven to ten minute recaps of certain characters throughout the MCU. Not so much the comic books themselves, but the MCU and showing uh, like what it is that people already know about those characters, which I assume will help when you get to Wandavision or when they finally get to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier or even the What If series.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I was I was kind of bummed because I was really hoping that Legends would have been a little bit more. Like I I really wish they would have gone into like the depth of character. But yeah, it feels like it's just like. Hey, here's a trailer we made, <laughs> and here's all their exotic moments in the MCU, which was which was all right. Uh, but I think it was funny because with how tightly knit they've made Vision and Wanda, it was kind of like, oh, here's the trailer, and here's that scene again for the next one. You know, so it didn't it didn't play out too well uh, when I was watching them? But yeah, you know, it's a neat little primer for some folks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into a proper 101 of these two characters. One, uh, Wanda Maximoff, better known as the Scarlet Witch, was created in or yeah, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the X-Men number 4, March 1964. I'm going to assume yeah. that you've read this.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so at first uh, she and her twin brother Pietro were uh, evil mutants part of the brotherhood of evil mutants so yeah that was a that was a big issue because by that point this is like now we're getting the anti-x-men you know uh, so it was pretty wild to see her uh, she was created in the idea to be kind of the evil gene gray if you will oh. so that's kind of why you see a little bit more of her of uh, her magics seem more like tel- telepathic not telepathic um,
0: telekinesis
1: telekinesis, you know, because she would, she'd look at a door and be like, oh, I wish that door would close, and then it would close, you know, so it was it was more in that regard. Uh, so she didn't have a full grasp of the uh, magics just yet. It was more altering probability, you know. Yeah, because
0: like, oh. back in the day, it was just her hex power, right? She was able to yeah. uh, kind of magically make things happen for her. Uh, it feels like after that, it, well, after that, it became more of a oh no, she's actually got a, a reality-changing ability. Like her powers are to change reality around her. And then now with the the movies, it's more of a telekinesis.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just because of the whole Fox Marvel thing, so they definitely have have changed it up to that regard. And even the comics themselves, I think they they feel she plays better more as a sorceress instead of a mutant.
0: Right. Right. Uh. So when was it the first time that you remember seeing the Scarlet Witch? Because to me, even though she is a mutant, I think of her as an X or not an X, uh, an Avengers character. Like I, I know that she is uh, the daughter of Magneto and she's, she, her first appearance was in the X-Men. But like when I started reading comic books, she's a part of the Avengers.
1: Yeah. So for me, actually, I, uh, so it was funny cause there was a, there was a big series that was called Professor Xavier and the X-Men. It was one of these little 99 cent comics that Marvel was making. So it was right around the time when they were doing untold tales of Spider-Man. So they were revisiting the early days. And so as I was reading that book, that's where I actually got to meet the Scarlet Witch because it was a retelling of X-Men number four. So when I first meet her, I get to see her starting out as part of the brotherhood and understanding why she's part of the brotherhood, and then eventually moving on. And I thought it was really good because, you know, it would be tough because the story is, you know, her and her brother, they're living out in, you know, uh, somewhere in, in, in the, the woods of Europe, and, you know, everybody's happy, they're with their their friends and their, their traveling village, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, you know, something happens, she uses her, her abilities to help, and then people are kind of like, hey, you're different, you know, and especially like, oh, you know, since they're they're very trapped in lore, not trapped, but they very much are, are deep in lore thought, they start to suspect that maybe, you know, Wanda's a mutant, and so they're getting ready, not a mutant, uh, a sorceress, a witch. You know, so they're getting ready to burn her at the stake and luckily Magneto happens along and, you know, he repels the people back and he saves her and her brother. And, you know, just the way they are, very loyal people, they're like, Well, we swear allegiance to you. And so they're not necessarily saying they believe in Magneto's dream or mission. They're just there out of a debt of owing. Um, and throughout that series, I got to read, you know, as they, they started realizing that, wow, you know, Magneto's really just using us to, you know, to gain his way. Uh, at one point, they almost get killed because of Magneto, so that's when they wise up and they say no. And then, you know, then when I start reading mar- modern Marvel comics, yeah, that's that's right around where I come in with you as, oh, she's an Avenger now. OK, so how did that happen? You know, so I would try to go back and, and read back issues as best as I could. But I, I got very lucky to see her tragic origins. You know, it's like, well, they didn't want any part of the theatrics, the superheroics. They were just people living off the land and being happy. And unfortunately, you know, that human distrust came in and ruined their way.
0: Okay, so then jumping over to the other character in the in the story of the two, Vision, created uh, in 1968 for Avengers number 57 by Roy Thomas, Stanley, and John Bushima. Yep. Buscema? Bushima?
1: I thought it was always Bushima.
0: Okay, Buscema. Uh, now, I always think, I mean, <laughs> you can't really get more convoluted than the Summers family in the X-Men, but... <laughs> If you if you travel down the Pym family, <laughs> you also have quite the the uh, the family tree that branches sideways as opposed to up and down. So uh, <laughs> Hank Pym goes and creates Ultron. Ultron then goes and creates Vision, and that essentially makes Vision the grandson of Hank Pym who then has Viv, which would be the great-granddaughter of Hank Pym. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't seem that difficult, but then when you throw in Hope and Janet and, you know, whoever else, uh, maybe even Victor, Victor La Mancha, like, who is also yeah. created by Ultron, so he's the brother to Vision. Like, it's all very interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, when you exactly when you start sprinkling in, because then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second, you know, then that means Wanda is the granddaughter in law of Wasp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yet everybody is kind of the same age.
1: Exactly, you know, so then that's when it gets fun, and then it's like, you know, let's toss Wonder Man in, let's toss the Golden Age human torch in, and, and then it's like, holy crap, what just happened?
0: <laughs> and don't forget to, to throw Jocasta in there,
1: yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, and Hawkeye at one point was Giant Man as well, so is he kind of like your uh step granddad?
0: He's <laughs> your surrogate grandfather, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, it's Vision is an interesting character, and I think definitely has become his own. Uh, over the years, over the let's see, night sixty eight. So, fuck, fifty years that he's been around. Uh, about fifty three years. So, I, I he's he's definitely been through a lot and been through a lot of iterations. Because I remember him in, um, what was it called? Young Avengers when he was.
1: Part Oh Jonas. Yeah, he
0: was Jonas. Yeah. So he's part him, part Iron Lad, part King the Conqueror, and you know, a, a bunch of different things and also in love with Stature, which is the daughter of Scott Lang, a one time <laughs> ant man who stole uh pym particles from Hank Pym. So still coming back around to paint Hank Pym. <laughs> yeah. Now the first time that <laughs> that's, I that's remember-
1: true, you could kinda have that the the that- almost like a scene in because we we have seen uh, Scott Lang's daughter. We've seen Cassie and it's like, you know, so the vision's there and it's like, huh, uh, is this going to lead somewhere sometime? (laughs) (laughs) It's,
0: you know, I can see if you come out of Wanda Vision with both Billy and Tommy and then also a Viv, Viv could take the place of Jonas in the Young Avengers TV series or movie that they are obviously very very much working towards.
1: Yeah, no that would that would be the better way to do it because if you think about that, I, I I can't believe I didn't catch this when I was reading Young Avengers. It's like so you've got you know uh Wiccan and speed on a team with their dad who's in love with one of their teammates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, one of their dads cuz their dad is comprised of both Wonder Man and Vision, right? Kind of.
1: <laughs> kind of, yeah. So, <laughs> hey <Hat> dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: now the first time, and this is the, the to me it's the funniest thing. The first time that I ever was ever introduced to the Vision, was the side-scrolling video game uh, "The Avengers" <laughs> where you know Vision is all white? Now, I'm sure I know that when he first appeared in the comic books, he was green and yellow and with a red face. Was it? It was yeah. John Byrne that made him all white, right?
1: Yeah, because that was the the all white was after he was disassembled. Okay, and so that's when he was kind of in that phase of, I'm the Vision, but I don't have my soul and personality you know
0: which is kind of what you might have gotten at the end of infinity war when they he took the the mind stone out of his head like he kind of goes all gray but it might be a reference to being him all white
1: yeah, no, that's that's totally how I read that. I when I saw the body fall down and it was you know the the grayish the 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 absence of color, I felt like ooh okay, I think they're getting ready to show us you know uh, Vision reborn. You know,
0: so what what is it that you love about the Vision?
1: So for me, I guess I I, like he was always a character that was there in the background. You know, like I I enjoyed him and he was fun. Um, The first time I really get to meet him is Avengers Volume 3. And um, that was like my total introduction into the Avengers. And, you know, again, Wanda's there. Um, This is in in those first four issues. That's where I really like learn to love wonder man i thought he was such a great character and also you see kind of the struggles with wonder man wanda and vision and it was like wow so for me i thought vision was cool because like he was i mean he's very super powerful i mean he can go you know he can change his density he can be intangible you know he can link in with any electronics and stuff like that and to know that he's a robot, but yet still acts human and has human personality, it was wild. It was just, you know, it was it was interesting to read. Uh, Jeff Johns did a four-issue miniseries with him, um, like around the early two thousands, and I thought it was I thought it was fun. It was really exciting, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed reading that, and you know, it just the more I discovered of the character, the more of his humanity I found appealing. You know, I just thought it was great that despite, you know, his origins in the end, he still chooses to be human and, you know, do what he can.
0: And see, like, I know that the more equivalent to Vision over in the DC Universe would be the Red Tornado because they're both androids that, you know, eventually become men and have sentience and stuff like that. But I know we've, the two, of you and I have had this conversation many times. The, the actual counterpart for me over on the Justice League would be Martian Manhunter. Like they are both a part of the Avengers and very much the heart of the Avengers. Like they're the one, they're constants on, or well, obviously Martian Manhunter would be the, the heart of the Justice League and, uh, even though he's not on the Justice League in the DC universe anymore, uh, but like um, Avengers has Vision and the Justice League has the Martian Manhunter. Like to me, those two characters make up those two teams.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree. I feel like they are you know, I, I, the, the staple should always be that if I pick up an issue of JLA, I get Martian man on her. Or if I pick up Avengers, I get the vision because they're compelling enough characters, but they're not going to sell their own books. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but they are, they're the heart and soul of those teams that keep it going. And so, yeah, I've, I've often felt those two are the better counterparts, you know, because it's like, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's, well, gosh, you know, this blew my mind. If you look at, um, Drax, Drax the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at his first appearances, he looks like he's Martian Manhunter. You're like, what? You know, so now I'm kind of seeing those two as like, oh, okay, at least in, in the iconic, in the in the, the, the look of themselves. And then as you pointed out, yeah, Red Tornado would be the better, you know, DC version of Vision. But at the end of the day, just knowing the personalities and the, and the drive of those two characters, I feel like Victor Shade and John Jones definitely align better. <laughs>
0: Oh, is that the name that he gave himself? Vision? Victor
1: yeah. Shade? Yeah, I was, I was curious if, if that would catch on. But yeah, Victor Shade. Um, I know they did that in Volume 3 because there was a part there. So in Avengers Volume 3, uh, the storyline kicks off. They're fighting... Um, oh, she's a famous... Uh, which in lore, anyways, they're fighting her for all of reality because she made, she remade the world so everybody looked like they were knights and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Victor uh, Mordred, Mord, or no, Morgan Lefay. That's her name.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go, Morgan Lefay. So they're fighting her, and she manages to destroy the Vision's body. So then the Vision is confined to holographic systems within the Avengers Mansion. And his body's being repaired. And once he finally gets repaired, you know, and, and being cold and, and stupid, you know, he's like, oh, well, Wanda, you know, you're you're released from our wedding vows because I died. And she's like, OK, fine. You don't want to be with me. Well, then that's how it is. But then he's pining over her. He's like, oh, I wish I was with you. And it's like, well, you idiot. You shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but one night he uh, he goes out to a jazz club and he's out there you know watching watch are listening to the music watching the crowds and stuff like that and it just so happens to be that's where wonder man and and scarlet witch go out on a date and then they're like oh it's vision what are you doing here and he's like oh i like jazz of course that freaks wonder man out even more because he's like well i like jazz so <laughs> do you like jazz because of you or do you like it because of me <laughs>
0: So what would you say are some of your favorite storylines or uh, storylines people should um, definitely go out and read of these two characters?
1: Well, I would definitely, so like I said, I I have a fondness. So Avengers Volume 3, probably like Issues 1 all the way up to maybe like, well, gosh, all of Kurt Busiek's run because the ending of that run deals with uh, Scarlet Witch's Choice with wonder man and vision. So I want to say, I think that goes up to like issue 57 or something like that. Uh, so I would recommend that series. That one's definitely very worth a read. Um, Avengers West coast is where a lot of the drama happens. So I would definitely recommend that as well. So if you go back and you look at, and you've got to be careful when you look at Avengers West coast, because they did West coast Avengers as a four issue mini series, And then it did well enough that it became its own book. So then they relaunched it as West or West Coast Avengers issue one, volume two. Um, and in that one, they, right off the bat, like I want to say, oh gosh, I don't know, like at least the first four, or probably six issues maybe, at least four for sure, it dealt with the whole, how is Wonder Man and the vision related to each other? Uh, you know, the fallout from Scarlet Witch. Because actually that's what's funny is if I look at Avengers West Coast, sorry, West Coast Avengers, back from 1985 issue number two, the story is called Sons. And it basically deals with, you know, the whole Hank Pym is the father, but he's captured by Ultron. And, um, oh gosh, uh, the Grim Reaper is there because he's dealing with the fact that Wonder Man and Vision are his brothers, but he doesn't accept it. And it's (laughs) like, it, it really did tie into the whole like, Oh, my gosh, there is a crazy triangle here. So, yeah, if you could pick up a, a trade that features those, definitely the Epic Collections would do that. Um, then the next two story arcs I would recommend is one is called Vision Quest, and that's basically Avengers West Coast. So that's when they switch the title. Uh, John Byrne jumps on, and he takes over the book. And so he did Vision Quest, which was issues 42 through 50. Um and that deals with basically the, um, the, the, the the idea was that the Vision, in order to save reality, or not reality, but in order to save the world, he had to hack into NORAD and, you know, control missile systems. And once the governments of the world were like, this guy can do that, we don't like it. So all the world's governments basically create a task force that goes out and takes the Vision and just disassembles him and destroys his... his um, you know, his CPU, essentially. Um, and so the Avengers come in and they're like, what the hell, dude? That's so jacked up. Um, and then they, they you know, they, they save him and they manage to rebuild him. But then Wanda's got to deal with the fact that she's looking at the body of her husband, but there's no mind or soul there. So what is that like? So that was definitely trippy. Um, they started playing with the idea of the kids. You know, anytime Wanda got distracted, the children would vanish. So what does that mean, you know? And then that leads us to the next story arc, which was called Darker Than Scarlet. And so that basically goes from issues 51 through 57 and 60 through 62. And this is when the Scarlet Witch basically has her first uh, breakdown. You know, she, she is basically essentially told that You know, the vision, your husband is dead, but his body is still there. So here's a zombie version of your husband. And then your two children are shards of a demon's soul, so they don't exist. So she just loses it. Um, And then one last piece that was pretty interesting uh, the history of the vision. So, as you mentioned, you know, we learned that he was built by Ultron. And then somewhere along the line I think it was probably Roy Thomas He had the idea of basically saying Oh you know it would be cool What if that body that he was built from Was actually the Golden Age Human Torch And so This kind of goes back even to that question you asked me Where it's like is it cool to take Older characters and disguise them Or should they be new characters So at this point now Marvel has two characters with the Vision And the Golden Age Human Torch But now they're going to be one character Uh, I guess John Byrne just did not like that one bit. (laughs) So he purposely wrote a story and he's like, hell no, this is what's going to happen. And so he basically separated the two characters and he's like, there's similarities, yes, but they are not the same. Uh, So that was pretty wild. So those are definitely some stories I would pick up, and then of course the the holy grail of it all, Avengers Disassembled. You know, when we when we see what happens to Wanda, um, and then the Fallout House of M. I think those are some great ones for our listeners to check out, and any comics fan essentially too.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I would say that the three stories that we mentioned earlier, and you just mentioned again, uh, Disassembled, House of M, and uh, the Vision, uh, which would be great. Uh, there is also. A uh, oh, Young Avengers: The Children's Crusade, which is a great storyline for the return of Wanda after her after House of M and her death, and you know being dead. But I don't know. I, I, spoiler alert! It, it's 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 I believe <laughs> Doctor Doom bringing her back to life. Uh, in Children's Crusade. Yeah, it was
1: a wild thing. Uh, so, oh, the, and, then, and then the great thing about that is that's the story that also redeems her for um, what you would call it, for Avengers Disassembled. Right. Yeah, so so we, we, I, we'll talk about that at another time, I think. But yeah, that was a pretty trippy story arc. I can't believe I forgot about that one.
0: And then I would also bring in, uh, if you get the chance, Avengers AI, which is Vision running a team of other uh, artificially intelligent, sentient beings of the marvel universe um trying to figure out cyber crimes so to speak <laughs> and you know helping create a yeah. uh, world for ai intelligence that can live away from humans where they're not having to either be exploited or uh, demonized so it was it's, it's it's an interesting story it didn't pay off the way that i wanted it to but it was still interesting um, I definitely yeah. think that once Wandavision is done, we will come back and and talk about that series and also uh, reflect on what we saw. So expect that episode in nine weeks. I think I think there's nine episodes,
1: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah.
0: So Chris, anything else that you uh, wanted to bring up?
1: No, I would just definitely say, you know, um, the, the, the TV shows and the comics are always, they're fun, and it's great to see their similarities, um, but, you know, at the same time, keep an open mind to the adventures. Uh, I know that's what helps me, because sometimes I'll watch these, and my comic book brain will have a conniption fit and be like, but that's not what happened, <laughs> so do yourself a favor, turn that part of your mind off, be entertained, you know, and find the good in the story, because, you know, these are two... These are two amazing characters, and it'll be very fun to see what Marvel does with them in their show. And um, my only hope, and I hope somehow, somehow uh, WandaVision maybe incorporates Wonder Man. I think that would be great. So I, I hope we get to see a little bit of uh, Simon Williams snuck into this series somehow.
0: I mean, James Gunn <laughs> keeps trying to get Wonder Man into those Guardians of the Galaxy movies with Nathan Fillion, but just doesn't hasn't quite happened yet. So we'll see.
1: Yep, so that's that's going to be the Easter egg I'm hunting for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you have any more information on Wanda or Vision uh, and want to talk to us about it, please find me on Twitter. I'm at MitchipediaGEM. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. Definitely chat with me there. Let me know what to think, and then check out geeklymedia.com for uh, the writings that I put out, and also check out adventures in well aiptcomics.com uh, for some of the reviews that I write about as well.
0: The rest of geek elite media is at geek media on Twitter at geek media on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek media is our Facebook page. Check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website geek Uh, also whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to us, please rate and review us so that you can help spread the word of our network and get other people involved because we want to have more interaction. So, uh, do that, and we would greatly appreciate it.
1: But until yeah, ne- definitely help us help us spread the word of the the pop culture phenomenon that we love to share with you every weekend, and you know let's let's get more geeks marching along with us. <laughs> That's
0: right. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network. Saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.
1: Beep! Beep.